Well, at this point, we usually dismiss the children to children's church, but I'd like you to hold on to your kids for a second. There we go. Just hold on to your kids for a second. Would you open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3? Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. It's on page 1159 in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Ephesians 6, 1 to 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. I thought it'd be pretty silly to send the kids to children's church and then start preaching on this. So uh, what I'd like to do instead is, if there's any kids here who are fifth grade or younger, if you could just come on up here and join me on the platform. Come on up. Have I got a sermon for you? You guys see your parents smiling out there real big? Yeah. This... You know, grab a seat, sit in here, wherever you want, I don't care. You guys can sit here on the... It's like a lineup here, right? We just need the height things. And Hi, how you doing, Angela? Oh, nice, I like that. <laughs> it's like a clown car. <laughs> and now the Sasha Baptist Children's Choir. <laughs> you know, I guess I'll stand down here. Why don't you guys go up there and... Yeah, yeah, you see him? Okay. Okay. All right, well, I guess I'll stand down here then. All right. You guys, do you guys ever have a, a, a job that your parents tell you to do or something that your parents want you to do that you hate doing? You guys have anything? How about you? What, what is it? Make your bed. Yeah, I still don't do that. Yeah, how about you? Pick up the trash. You're the trash man in the house. Yeah. You have to wash the dishes? Wow. That's, and put them away. That's good. How about you, Kenzie? Clean the table. Okay. Yeah, Julie? You have to clean your room? Yeah, that, that's whenever. How about one more? How about over here on the end? You have to clean the cat box. Fun yeah. Yeah. Funny you should mention that, because I remember when I was a little kid, I had a job that I had to do that my parents made me do that, that I didn't like. We had a little dog named Annie. She was a black cocker spaniel. And, and I had to help take care of her. And can you guys guess what job I had to do? Clean the poop. That's right. Yes. And I'll tell you, I hated it. In fact, Pastor Jeremy does not have a dog today because he still has issues with his... Yeah. Yes, yeah, I don't, I don't want that in my house, in my yard at all, so. Um, but you know, it, it says here in Ephesians 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. What does it mean to obey your parents? Uh, someone else who hasn't answered yet. You in the purple shirt. What's that? Don't listen to them and don't do what they tell you? Hmm. Okay. Maybe in a parallel inverse universe, but what does it really mean? Yeah. 
There you go. Listen to them and do what they tell you. You should do what your parents tell you to do. That's what it means to obey your parents. Well, um, it also says to honor your father and your mother. Now, you know, what, you know what's funny, guys, is that there's some kids who think that you're supposed to obey your friends, but not your parents. And yet God tells us to obey our parents. So when, when you're supposed to obey your parents, it's because God wants you to obey your parents. He also says to honor your father and your mother. How do you uh, uh, honor your father and mother? What does that mean, to honor father and mother? Here's another trick question for you. How do you honor your father and mother? Yeah. Obeying them is one way. How about the way you talk to them? You guys ever fresh to your mom and dad? Yeah. A couple of times. All right. I appreciate the honesty, yeah. 8,000 times, yeah, okay. Uh, you know... You know, like, like your parents say, it's time to go to bed, and you're fresh, and you say, I don't want to go to bed. I'm not going to go to bed. Yeah, you do that a lot. Yeah. You know what happens when someone's fresh in my house, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> that would be the sound. <laughs> yeah. Because, because God wants us to honor our parents. And, and it's very serious when you're fresh to your parents. In fact, uh, you know, I had a cousin when I was growing up. He lived in Louisiana. Do you guys know where Louisiana is? It's, it's in the south. You Boston kids wouldn't know about the south. But um, it, it's, it's down south. And down there, my, my cousin had to say to his mom and dad, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. If they said, come into the kitchen, he'd say, yes, sir. And if his mom would say, pick up the clothes, he'd say, yes, ma'am. And I thought, you know, that's kind of cool. That's a way of respecting your parents. It shows that you respect them and honor them. All right, here's one more question. This is a really tricky one. Okay. Why does God want us to obey our parents? Why? Well, I mean, God, obviously the reason we obey our parents is because God tells us to. But why does he want us to obey our parents? Jack. Yeah. Because it is right. That's right. Honor, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's right. Can you give another reason why? Yeah. That's right. That's it. It's, it's when you get older. It's because when you practice listening to your parents, you know how to listen to God. See, your parents have a very special job. You guys ever in school have a substitute teacher? Yeah, you just rolled your eyes. I was going <laughs> to... You're like, come into class, and there's this different person there, a substitute teacher, right? Well, your parents are God's substitute teachers in your life. God put parents into your life because they really stand in His place. And so, if you want to obey God, you should obey your parents. And when you disobey your parents, you're really disobeying and dishonoring God. That's right. All right, I'm going to teach you guys a song, all right? It's a song we sing in our house. Yeah, you're all excited. And it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, but we sing it to the tune of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. So it goes like this. You know this? I'll write on. Then you can help me here. Ready? It goes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Okay? All right. Okay. 
Now you guys got to do it with me. Ready? Here we go. Everyone ready? Together. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Okay. Twin, all right, now, wait a minute. Now, there's one other thing you have to know about this song. When you get to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, to sing it the right way, you have to go, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Right? Okay. So now, let's have the whole congregation join in. And, and I, what, what I want is you guys, when we get to that Ephesians 6, 1, you know, you just have to just belt it out. Think like opera man, okay? Just operatic. All right, guys, ready? Now we're going to sing it again, but I want you to sing that Ephesians 6, 1 part really loud. You got that, Colin? Okay, here we go. Ready? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Okay. Where is it? Where is it? Okay, we got some candy for you. All right, everyone this way. One only. Whoa. One, 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 uh, 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 uh. one, 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 just one, just one. That's my finger. Okay. There we go. Just one. You guys got some back here? Everyone off the children's church. There we go. Kindergarten to second grade can go to children's church. The rest of you try to get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone got one? You guys get one? All right. Okay, very good. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You want another one? All right. That's right. No, you're not getting candy for communion. All right. That's like preaching three sermons. All right. What about for the rest of us, though? Our text is Ephesians 6, 1. Just the rest of us who are adults here and, and teens and people who aren't little kids, does this text have anything to say to us, those of us who are not uh, little kids like that? Um, I, I, I think it does. And what I'd like to do in just a few minutes here is take this text and think how it applies to two other groups of people. One would be what I'd call teens, anyone, I'm thinking like 6th, 7th, up to about 12th grade, junior and senior hires. And then what about adults? Does this text have anything to say to us? So first of all, for those who are teens, uh, what does this have to say? Now, those of you who are teenagers, I'm not going to ask you to come up here and sing the song (laughs) as if I could make you come up. But, you know, what does this have to say to those who are teenagers? And I think the answer is same thing. The answer is still, children, obey your parents. And so that word children really applies to dependents. 
who are still in the house. So if someone is underneath someone else's roof, if, if you're a teenager and you're still living under your parents' roof, the command is still the same. Obey your parents. And so if you're a Christian teenager, God's uh, word to you is the same. Obey your parents. The way you are to express your Christianity as a teenager is primarily by obeying your parents. That's the number one area where you're supposed to work it out. And then after that, in the other areas of your life, that's where your, your Christianity evidences itself as a teenager, is in how you respond to your parents. Now, I realize that's important because uh, being a teenager and obeying your parents don't necessarily go together. It's difficult to obey your parents as a teenager for a number of reasons. One is, is just the natural process of maturation. Obviously, teenagers are people who are somewhere between childhood and adulthood. It's, it's like that caterpillar that's turning into a butterfly, except it's about an eight-year process, nine-year, I mean, 10, 12, you know, it takes a while to get there. But, but, but you're kind of this alloy of child and adult. And it's a time in your life, obviously, when you're questioning. Um, you know, you're thinking for yourself for the first time. You're beginning to see that your mom and dad aren't perfect. You're beginning to see that your dad is not the biggest and the strongest, and that your mom, you know, isn't always... Uh, right in what she says. You're beginning to see these things, and you're becoming an adult yourself. And so that just makes it hard to obey your parents, obviously. My daughter is a first grader now, and I love to drive her to school in the morning. And I, just, I park the car, and I walk her to her class. We walk next to each other to our class, and I just put my hand down, and she'll grab onto my hand. She walks with me to her class, and I drop her off at her class. And i got to say, I'm just savoring this. Because I know in about three years or maybe sometime this year, she's not going to want to do that anymore. She's suddenly going to get too cool for it. And, and so, you know, while it lasts, I'm just, oh, just sucking that up, enjoying that, that love and that simplicity of a, of a first grader. But at some point, she's going to start to change and become an adult, which is the whole point of raising children, to make viable adults who, who are self-controlled and godly and, and good citizens and all that stuff. So I know that's the goal, but still, I, I want her to stay little. But then as she starts to grow up, she's going to begin to become an adult too and, and start to think for herself. And, and when you're doing that, it's hard to just do what your parents say because you're getting your own mind. But it's not only uh, the natural internal process of maturation. I also think that it's compounded by a, a culture in which we live today that militates against obeying your parents. That, that everything that's being pumped towards teens today points them in the opposite direction. There's nothing really from the culture that's helping teenagers to say, yeah, obeying my parents is what I want to do. It's just not there. I mean, the next time you, know, you watch MTV or VH1 or Fox or whatever you're watching, you're watching some show, I mean, do this next time you sit down and watch TV. Watch, uh, watch the show, watch the commercials on these, these uh, time slots that are geared toward teenagers and young adults. Watch those. And ask yourself, how are they portraying the different ages? How are they portraying adults and how are they portraying teens? And generally speaking, what you'll find is that adults are portrayed as clueless, dorky, out of touch, certainly out of style. Um, you know, they don't quite understand what's going on. They live in this bizarre world and uh, they're unattractive. I mean, that's the adult world. That's how it's portrayed on television. The teen world portrayed on television is cool, stylish, with it, exciting, fun, attractive. And, and so, yeah, if you're bombarded with that all the time, that just makes it even harder. 
we live in a culture that's obsessed with youth. You know, people, adults are obsessed with youth. That, that's the one thing you don't want to become in today's culture is old and outdated. Everyone wants to, you know, so that's why people are you know, getting facelifts and Botox. I mean, it's like, I, I, no matter what happens, I can't look old. Now, whatever happened to growing old gracefully? This was an old, you know, in the old days, that was a value. It was a value to respect those who were elderly. Uh, and there was, there was a value in wisdom. But today, it's like feared at all costs. No matter what happens, I can't ever be out of style. I can't become outdated. And, and when the culture has that value system, where youth is the epitome and adulthood is, is moving away from the epitome, well, of course it's going to make it difficult to obey your parents. Why would you want to obey them? They don't know what's going on. They don't know how to use the Internet. So how can they understand, you know, why should I listen to them? And so I think those forces work together to make it particularly difficult for teenagers today to obey their parents. And obviously we can talk about more. But the key is children, obey your parents Teenagers, those who live underneath your parents' roof, the way that you express your Christianity is by obeying your parents. That's one of the primary ways that you're supposed to do it. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, we do so much to prepare for the future. Teenagers take AP classes. They take extracurricular activities, do all these things to get themselves ready for college. But the most important thing you can do to prepare for your future is to obey your parents. Because God blesses with long life. God blesses with a successful life. Notice it's the first commandment with the promise. You look at the Ten Commandments. Commandment number five is obey your parents. It's the first one with the promise. That it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on this earth. And this is reiterated throughout the scripture. In fact, if you take out your sermon notes for a minute, which is that insert in your bulletin, can I borrow a copy of the sermon notes? I don't even have sermon notes. I have Starburst. I don't have sermon notes. Ephesians 6, 1 to 3, it says on the front, just to give you a, a sense of, of the importance in the Old Testament and New Testament of obeying your parents, look on the front. It says, Each of you must respect his father and mother, and you must obey my Sabbaths. Leviticus 19.32, Rise in the presence of the aged, show respect for the elderly, and revere your God. Proverbs 1, 8-9, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. There will be a garland to grace your head, and a chain to adorn your neck. Or look down a little further. Proverbs twenty twenty. If a man curses his father or mother, his lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. Proverbs twenty three twenty two. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. And so just throughout the warp and the woof of Biblical thought is the idea that we should honor our parents, that God has placed them in a particular role in our lives, and, and we need to respect them. In fact, if you dishonored your parents and disgraced them in the ancient world, it could cost you your life. I mean, look, at, look at the next page. Uh, look, look at Deuteronomy uh, 21, 18 to 21, the second quote down. It says, if this is the Old Testament law, some of your parents are going to dig this, if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother and will not listen to them when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him, bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. They shall say to the elders, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He's a profligate and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town shall stone him to death. 
You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and be afraid. Woo! <laughs> Some, there'd be a lot less teenagers today, I think, if, if we were still following Deuteronomy 21. Uh, yeah, it's, it was that deadly serious. Because once that attitude crept into Israel, they knew it was the undoing of, of a society when, when there was no more respect for parents and for those in authority. Now, we hear that today with our modern ears when we go, ah, you know, child abuse. I mean, it seems so foreign to us. In the Roman world, in Roman law, a, a uh, father had something known as patria potestas, which was the uh, authority of the father. It was the power of the father. And the father had absolute power over his children. A father could have his children executed under Roman law. didn't happen very much, but he had that power. It was, it was that absolute respect for parents. So I, I say that not because I think we should be stoning children to death today, but, but I say that to, to just kind of maybe shock us a little bit and to say, how far have we gone in the other direction? If, if being able to kill your children is an extreme that we're like, woo, that's really... I mean, I think we've gone to the far other extreme, where today... Parents aren't allowed to stand up to their children. And, and, and it, you know, there's this idea that your children know what's best. If you just give them space and give them room and encourage them, they'll find their own way. Like, wow, this is so far in the other direction. And so I'm, I'm calling us to come to somewhere in the middle. And for those of us who are uh, teens, I would just say, obey your parents. Freak them out one day. Next time they say to you, boy, or next time your parents say to you, could you uh, get off the phone? Just say, okay, uh, talk to you later. Click. Would you clean your room? Okay, I'll take care of that. Do it. Done. You're going to freak them out. Your parents are going to be like, oh, what's going on? But what you're going to find is, actually, you're going to start getting along with them better, obviously. But more importantly, you do it because you're honoring God. That's the key. If there's any key phrase in this verse, it's that little phrase at the end of verse 1, in the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. It's because you love Jesus Christ. It's because you are a Christian that you honor your parents and obey them. <clears throat> so yeah, your parents don't watch the OC. And they don't watch Joe Millionaire Europe. And they don't listen to DMX and 50 Cent and Seven Dust. And they don't shop at Abercrombie and Fitch, and they don't shop at Wet Seal. But in the Lord, even though they, they don't understand a lot of things going on in your life, you know, and in terms of the pop culture and things like that, we still need to honor them as we honor the Lord. Well, then what about adult 6? How does this verse apply? If you're 46 and your dad is 76, obviously you don't have to obey him. If your 76-year-old father calls up a, the 46-year-old son and says, hey, listen, I think it's time for you to refinance your mortgage in your house. And you say, well, I don't think so, Dad. Listen, obey me. I mean, you, you don't have to obey your parents at that age. In, in biblical thought, when a person leaves their father and mother, they become their own autonomous family unit. But I think that verse 2 still applies to adults. Even though verse 1 really is for kids, verse 2 says, honor your father and mother. So we need to honor our parents even when uh, we're 46, when we're 50 and they're 80, they're 90. They're still in a coming upon us to honor our father and our mother. We can honor our parents by the way we talk to them, by the way we talk about them. How do you talk about your parents in front of your children? And are we surprised that our children treat us with disrespect by the way we talk about our parents in front of them? We need to model that kind of respect to our children. And this is tough because sometimes your parents were total failures. There's some of you who reach adulthood and you look back at what your, some of the things your parents did and you say, 
They blew it. They've done some significantly uh, fatal errors in my child rearing, and I can see that now as an adult. So how do you honor your parents in that situation? I was at a restaurant once having brunch with a guy, and there was this waitress serving us, and she was a rather garrulous woman. She just kind of the, the archetypal waitress in the diner you think of in the movies who's really loud and talking to everybody and you know, just adds a lot of energy and life to the scene. But and somehow we were bantering with her and we got on the topic, I, I wish I could remember how, we got on the topic of, of motherhood and she just said, she goes, well, I don't have a mother. We're like, oh, did your mother pass away? She's like, no, she's alive, I just don't have a mother. We're like, what do you mean? And then she just began to spew out all of this anger toward her mother. She says, my mother was so awful, and, bah, 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 and said all these things, horrible things her mother had done. So she, she goes, I disowned her. I have no mother. I tell people that. I have no mother. And I was like, wow. I mean, first of all, just because it was kind of the switch in, in the, the conversation to this really intense negativity. But then I was thinking, okay, even if she's right, even if she did have the worst mother ever, there's still a sense in which you need to honor your father and mother. Not because they are honorable, necessarily, but because God has placed them in your life. And that may just mean not saying things like that. It may just mean you have to shut your mouth. And instead of, you know, like the old saying goes, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But just honor them by being silent. Even if you have terrible parents with whom you cannot relate at all because of things they've done in your life, you can still pray for them. That's a way to honor your parents. Just pray for them. Even if you can't talk to them because of situations and things that have gone down, Pray for your parents. But the most important way to honor your father and mother, and and in biblical and ancient thought, the most important way to honor your father and mother was by taking care of them when they got old. This is very important. In in fact, look at your sermon notes again. Look. It was presumed in the ancient world that adult children would take care of their elderly parents. In fact, it was Roman law that you had to take care of your elderly parents. It was presumed in Jewish culture. It's presumed throughout the biblical text that when your parents got old, it is your job, not Social Security's job, it is your job to take care of your parents. In fact, if you look uh, on the bottom of the sermon notes on page 2, Matthew 15, 3-6, Jesus says to the Pharisees, Why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father and mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father and mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God, he is not to honor his father and mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. In other words, in the ancient world, you could there was a rule among the Pharisees that you could take the money that you had and say, well, this is devoted to God, and therefore you wouldn't have to use it to support your parents. And Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 you're breaking the commandment. You're subverting it. And, and thus, the implication is that one of the ways you're to honor your father and mother is by caring for them in their old age. Or if you look on the back, 1 Timothy, just another for instance. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to the Lord. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. If any woman who is a believer has widows in her family, she should help them and not let the church be burdened with them so the church can help those widows who are really in need. And so this was very serious business. 
So today, I, I think one of the ways adults need to take care of their, uh, honor their father and mother is by taking care of them in their old age. Now that can be tricky today. It's tricky because we're geographically separated. It's not like the ancient world where you grew up in the same village that your parents grew up in, your grandparents grew up in. I mean, today the son lives in Massachusetts, another son lives in Connecticut, a daughter lives in Colorado, and the parents are down in Florida and they're not moving. So how do you care for them in their old age when people are spread out all around the country like we are today? I think another complicating factor is the fact that medical technology has prolonged our lives to such an extent that to keep prolonging the life, you need to be proficient in medical techniques, which most people aren't. It's not as simple as just, hey, bring grandma into the house and have her stay with us, because she have, may, may have medical needs that we can't care for. In the ancient world, if an elderly person caught pneumonia, well, that was probably it. If an elderly person had cancer, well, that probably took them in a short order. If an elderly person had a heart attack in the ancient world, that was probably the, the end of the story for them. But today we have antibiotics and we have chemotherapy and all these wonderful things that God has blessed us with. But it creates a new problem, which is what do you do when your parent is 80 or 90? And you know that it is your job to take care of them, but you realize you don't have a, a, an MD. And so how can you bring them into your house and care for them? And so it makes it a little more tricky today, I realize that. But I still think it's incumbent upon us to honor our parents by taking care of them when they're elderly. Taking care of them may mean that you help them find an assisted living community because they need that medical attention, whatever. But even when we do that, we still need to be there for them. I've never been, uh, I mean, I've always been uh, touched by Dr. Ray Pendleton's relationship with his father. Some of you know Ray Pendleton. He was an interim pastor here for several years. He was my mentor in pastoral ministry. And I've always been touched by his stories of how he related to his elderly father. Ray is in his 70s now, and I think his father just passed away, but his father was in his 90s, this old Mainer from down east up in Maine, just a tough old Yankee, and uh, he's up in a nursing home there, and Ray obviously has his life down here, and he has a very full life. If you know Ray Pendleton, I mean, this guy is busier than all of us put together. He's 70-something years old, and he's, you know, teaching classes at the seminary, and he's pastoring churches, and this guy is just full on all the time. And yet he found time every day, not once a week, every day he called his father in the nursing home until he died. Just call him up, how you doing? Of course, he'd go up on weekends and visit him and stuff. And it's not like Ray just sitting around crocheting, had nothing to do, needed to call his dad. I mean, this man is busy. But because he wanted to honor his father, he called this man every day. He had little conversations. I thought, what a picture. And then I look at Ray's life, and I look at the way God has blessed Ray's life and the way he's given him success and a long life. And I see that the commandment is true. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with the promise, that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you that you've given us parents even those of us here, Lord, who have had parents who have been the absolute worst example of parents. I know, Lord, there's got to be some people here whose parents have just been awful to them. And yet, Lord, we thank you that you have gave us life through our parents. And we thank you that you're in control of our lives. Lord, help us to honor father and mother. I pray, Lord, for teenagers here that they would obey their parents. I pray for these little kids who are up here, this, this chaotic little group we had. And I thank you, Lord, for all their energy. 
I pray, teach them, Lord, to honor their parents and to obey them. I pray, Lord, for adults here, that we might honor our father and mother in the way we talk about them. Even if our parents are deceased, Lord, help us to be careful in how we talk about them and what we say about them. Lord, help us to be cautious, to, to honor you by honoring them with our speech. Lord, give us wisdom, those of us who have elderly parents who need to be cared for. It's very tricky, difficult decisions have to be made. I pray, Lord, give wisdom to any adults here who have to make those decisions about their parents. Help us to honor our parents by caring for them even until their dying day. Help us to be faithful children. Because, Lord, we know that our example is Jesus Christ, who was the obedient Son, who always did the will of the Father, who even in, on, on the night before going to the cross prayed, not my will, but yours be done. And I pray, God, that we might honor our parents as a reflection of the way that we honor you. We ask this in Jesus' name.